So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. I'm Emily Jordan, and I'm here, as always, with my husband, Andrew. Hey guys, we are just back from vacation. I guess you guys don't know that, though, because we've had episodes come out while we were gone. Yeah, but vacation was fun. We went to Utah. We went to Bear Lake for Pioneer Day. I hope you guys had a great Pioneer Day. Yes. That was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, so we... was Tuesday? Yeah. It was Sunday. What are you <laughs> The mountain air was great for me, apparently very bad for for Emily. For some reason, Pioneer Day was the 24th, right? Correct. For some reason, like, 24 is a Tuesday. Mm, Does nope. that make sense? Do you ever have, like, nope. dates and associate them with days of the week? Nope. Like, 7 is a Thursday. Nope. <laughs> but I know it changes. <laughs> okay. <anyway>. So... <laughs> Yeah, we were in we were in I said we were in Louisiana. We were in Utah with my family. We had a big family reunion. My grandparents had been married, or I guess they will have been married for fifty years. For fifty years, yeah. In August. Yes. Right. So we were there celebrating that. Their fifty year, and so they decided that they were gonna have a Pioneer Day weekend family reunion. So we were up at a giant cabin with all thirty Five grandkids and how many great grandkids are there? Oh, now? I don't know. Like ten? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Ten it or twelve. It was so grandkids. fun. It was super fun. Hiram and the kids just had a blast. They were running around. We, oh my gosh! We didn't like see no Hiram rules. Most of like the day. Hiram was all over the place, but he didn't care, and I yeah. didn't care, and I feel like I saw him like a couple times during the day. Yeah, every day. and we we don't play video games in our home pretty much ever. But they had, like, Xbox and, like, tons N- of kids' Nintendo games Switches and, Switches and stuff, and he just loved it. Yeah, oh my he gosh. was just playing with his cousins nonstop. But that is not what we are going to talk about today. We are going to talk a little bit about Pioneers and what being a Pioneer means and what it is, and a little bit about Pioneer Day. So if you are a Latter-day Saint from the Mountain West, you've likely heard of pioneer day first off most people in the country probably haven't even heard of it but you've likely experienced some of the joys of pioneer day namely not going to work if you are in utah i don't know if it's a national ho- if it's a state holiday in idaho i think it's oh and i don't know but oh, i don't know in, in utah it is. in utah it is uh, and so you've experienced it you've probably gone to a rodeo There's usually like parades and rodeos and fireworks yeah usually those three things so it's very at least in the West. It's kind it's, of like the 4th of July. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Yeah. Right? Like, there's a lot of, like, patriotism wrapped up in it. And right. A lot of, like, reminiscing about ancestors and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So a lot of, like, historical associations doing things. So, Pioneer Day, hun, what is it? Why is it? For those of us who are not from, I, I say those of us, those of our listeners who are not from the Mountain West... Well, I think it's like a day that you celebrate pioneers and your ancestors, but also like, and this is what we discussed in the car, which I'm really kind of excited to get into. Uh, so but before you get like, into it, Pioneer Day is specifically remembering specific specifically, pioneers. Specifically, is it specifically like the pioneers that came from the east to the west in 
to like Salt Lake? Yes, specifically okay. in 1847, July 24th, oh, the first band of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's like the, the advanced band, made it into, um, into the Salt Lake Valley. They oh, I exited. didn't even realize it, like, it was a specific moment. Oh, yes, a specific moment. I just, I just thought they were like, let's pick a day, let's celebrate praying. Yeah, no they, no, they came down okay. Emigration Canyon into the Salt Lake Valley. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so there are lots of cool stories about that. The groups, the group was very diverse. So interesting tidbit or side note or historical footnote. I'm ready. Three of, I believe it was three, I might be wrong, but three of the members of this advanced company were actually black. They were African-American. Wow. So what happened was there were, uh, there was a group of southern people who converted to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They joined the church, and they w- moved out west. I think they went to Nauvoo first, and then they left with the saints. And they, when they were converted, they moved up. They, they, brought, their, um, they brought some of their slaves with them. But interestingly, uh, historian Margaret Young... I have no idea if she's related to Brigham Young, but she her name is Margaret Young. She says that there's no evidence that there was coercion in the conversion of the slaves because the, mm. the, several of the slaves actually were converted as well. Okay. Uh, and when the family, like when the slave-owning family moved from Mississippi mm-hmm. up to Nauvoo, they gave the slaves a choice whether they wanted to like move them to Nauvoo or stay in Mississippi, and they would make arrangements for them to stay in Mississippi if they wanted to. Oh, wow. And the slaves had, who had chosen voluntarily to become baptized, mm-hmm. they went with the family. They went oh. with the family to Nauvoo. That's cool. And one of them was named Green Flake, and he was Do you think sent... that was his actual name? So Flake was the name of the... The family? The family, like the, the slave but family. But do you think his first name was Green? I have no idea. Interesting. I literally read an article about okay. him that before this. That's Green all. Flake? That's all I really know. There is apparently a really good movie about it. I, I've heard really good things about it. I haven't watched the movie yet. Okay. But the, the movie is called My Name, or His Name is Green Flake. Cool. We should watch it sometime. Yeah, we should watch it. I know also today or yesterday, oh gosh, it might have been today, but recently, in the past couple of days, there was a monument at This Is The Place Park Mm -hmm. dedicated to the, I believe, to to several. If if it wasn't these three, it was one of them was included, and then there were other black Latter-day Saints, or like early Latter-day Saints that were included in the monument. Wow. So at this, I believe that this is the place. I apologize if it's wrong, <laughs> but if you look up Black Latter Day Saint Pioneer Monument, you will find it. Oh, that's really cool. So, oh. so that is the background of Pioneer Day, and so I believe they started celebrating Pioneer Day two years after they first got there. So, at, assuming that my calculations are correct, that's 1849. That's really cool that we've been celebrating it for so long. Yeah. Um. So I feel like there's. An underlying or overlying, like, theme on top of, I guess overlying would be. <laughs> yes. Um, on top of not just celebrating the past and celebrating our pioneer ancestors and stuff, but there's, like, this this theme or, like, push forward to, like, 
apply it to yourself and like be a pioneer. Um, but I always thought that being a pioneer meant like doing something new or like starting your own trek or like your own like life's journey or like doing something different from your family or from your past. Um, but what do you think it means when people say we need to be being a pioneer? Like in a, in a modern day context? Yeah. So I think there's the obvious, the obvious explanation, the obvious definition that we've already kind of discussed. Being a pioneer means doing something new, new right? right? Yeah. That, that's what being a pioneer is, doing right. something but new. But let's say like your, your whole family for generations and generations has been in the church and like we're not doing anything new, like we're just keeping the faith, like we're just continuing. Does that mean we're not pioneers and that we can't be? Like what is what do you think it means? Oh, that- so, so I guess there's a couple different things. What does it mean? Because you could be a... Um, so basically you're saying that being a spiritual pioneer... There's obvious examples of being a spiritual pioneer. Like you're the first generation in your yeah, family yeah. who's a the first generation in your family who's a member of the church, right? Or you are like you feel prompted to move from one area to another where the church isn't very big, and so you end up helping build the church there, right? Um, it's in that way, it's a pretty obvious spiritual pioneer. But mm-hmm. if you are um, you, you are part of a multi generational family or. or you're part of a family that's been in the church for multiple generations. Yeah. And I'm going to say multi-generational family or multi-generation family over the course of this episode. When I say that, I'm referring to people who have been a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for multiple, for multiple generations. generations. And I think it applies to people who have been members of other faiths for multiple generations as well. Yeah. Uh, and so if you are not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I think this is equally applicable right. to you mm-hmm. in, in your situation. But I think that uh, we all have to be pioneers in our own lives, in applying the gospel, right? So we might not be forwarding an entirely new path, per se. Right. But, like, this is our first life, too. Our first and only. So, like, we've never done what we're doing before. Right. So I think that... That makes sense. The first, or in one... In one way, this is a way we can be pioneers. You think mm-hmm. about the vision of, of Nephi, or I guess Lehi's vision, and the Nephi's subsequent... Right. like The Tree of Life. Yeah, okay. revision of the Tree of Life. And everybody had to walk along the path and hold the iron rod and get there. So we mm-hmm. all have to go down the covenant path. And so for each of us, like we are pioneering that for us. Yeah. And uh, cre- when you are born you're born into an existing family right and then you have to leave your family and create your own family and that culture none of it is happenstance it is all an intentional thing and you can choose to take what has been given before you and then use it to build your family culture but every time you do that you are being a pioneer in creating your your family culture Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're creating creating something new. Yeah. But also, I think it's really important to remember that each generation faces very different challenges. So, the pioneers. When we refer to the pioneers, we generally are referring to the Latter Day Saints who crossed the plains uh, between 1847, and like 18. I don't know when the cutoff is. I probably say 1890, somewhere okay. along that time. We generally refer to them. But the, the challenges they faced 
were significantly different from the challenges that we face today. Even the challenges between generations in saint of the saints in in the West, right? So the first generation of saints, a lot of their challenge and pioneering was crossing the plains. But then the next generation, a lot of them didn't cross the plains, but they didn't stay. They they didn't grow up in Salt Lake. They or they might have grown up in Salt Lake, but then they were called to settle. St. George. <laughs> yeah, St. George, or areas in Mexico, or in right. Canada. And so their pioneering was different. And our pioneering is different than theirs, right? Like, they didn't have to raise kids in a world that is, like, bursting with pornography. Yeah. And bursting with with atheistic and anti-theistic ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, they had a different role. And so pioneering a pathway forward for the church in our day is something that each generation or in their day is something each generation has to do. I love that. Um, it reminds me of the article that we just we just read it kind of in preparation for this and so I really encourage you guys if this topic is interesting to you at all please go and read Pioneer Perseverance by President Dallin H. Oaks. It's really good, and it kind of, like, definitely answers that question of, like, why or how can we be pioneers today because we're not doing the hard things. You're like, the pioneers are so much better than we are because, like, they did all these hard things, and and so we can't be like them. Well, that's not the case. Like, our challenges are just different, and we're doing just as like hard of things as they were doing right it's not, it's and, not harder and it's hard in different ways and i in would say ways, it's yeah. it's dangerous in different ways yeah for sure right so for example he says in uh, president oaks in this article says we are all pioneers when we do s- oh sorry i started too soon or too early uh, for our benefit, we need to identify the eternal principles the pioneers applied and then apply those principles to the challenges of our own day. In that way, we honor their pioneering and we also reaffirm that heritage and strengthen its cap- capacity to bless our own posterity and millions of others in this troubled, troubled world. Back, I want to back up real quick. Mm-hmm. Some might say, oh, well, that's not. I'm not their posterity if I'm not descended from, from the pioneers who crossed the plains and settled the West. Mm-hmm. But there has been several good talks, especially by Elder Uchtdorf in the past few years, about being a spiritual descendant of the pioneers. And so even if you weren't a physical descendant, like Elder Uchtdorf is, is German, right? He was born in Germany, or was actually born in Czechoslovakia, I think. But he was a German person he lived in germany most of his life and and he didn't have any ancestors who crossed the plains not as far as i'm aware of but if that didn't happen then he wouldn't be a member today right you you can still appreciate and like find community with the pioneers even if you i mean this generation this few generations that we're seeing right now we are so much about community right and so if we can find community with the pioneers that crossed the plains. That's how we can honor them and celebrate them and right. become pioneers in our Yeah, day. and the way we can find community with them is by honoring 
what they did mm-hmm. and saying, hey, how does this apply to our lives? Right. Yeah. So community isn't just about understanding. It's about action. So you can understand other people and other communities and not be a part of their community. Mm-hmm. The way that you become part of a community is you understand and then you engage and you apply. Right. And so you start operating in the context of that community. And so one of the great things about joining the community of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that once you're jo- once you join the church like you are family like you are brought into the family of of God we call each other our family of Christ like we we call each other brother and sister for a reason it's because we are all part of the same family working together trying to get back to our heavenly father um, and when we work together and we we recognize the spiritual heritage that our either physical or spiritual pioneer ancestors left us and we begin to apply it we can do awesome things and we can put what's going on in our lives today in proper context Mm -hmm. so finishing the quote elder oak said or president oak said most of our challenges are different from those faced by former pioneers however many contemporary challenges are just as dangerous and surely as significant to our own salvation and to the salvation of those who follow us. Again, I think that's something really important to remember, that physical danger in the eternal perspective is actually much less problematic than spiritual danger. That's so true. Right? Yeah. I know we, in our world, we're very focused on physical comforts. Mm -hmm. That's hard for us to grasp because it's hard for us to subjugate our immediate physical wants and desires to our eternal perspective and to our spiritual needs and desires. Yeah. But if you're spiritually alive and healthy and you die, like you're saved. You're saved. Right. Like right. you're You have eternal life. Yeah, you have eternal life still and yeah. But, but if, if you die spiritually and then you die temporally, well, like the, the, the effects are more long-term <laughs> right, and yeah. more devastating. Yeah. So he says, for example, the wolves that prowled around pioneer settlements were no more dangerous to the lives of pioneer children than the drug dealers and pornographers who threaten our children today. Yeah. Well. Similarly, and that those are both, you know, physical and spiritual you know, detriments, right. pornography and, and drugs. Mm-hmm. Similarly, the more than 1,900 deaths on the Pioneer Trail are exceeded by the more than 3,700 pandemic deaths we suffered just in Utah by the end of 2021. The physical hunger experienced by our pioneers posed no greater threat to their well-being than the spiritual hunger experienced by many in our day. The children of our earlier pioneers were required to do incredibly hard physical work to survive their environment. That was no greater challenge than many of our young people now face from the absence of hard work which results in spiritually corrosive challenges to discipline responsibility or yeah to discipline responsibility and self-worth. And so again if we put it in a spiritual perspective in the long term is it better to to die in righteousness even tragically or is it better to live comfortably but die spiritually? Right? Right, yeah. I mean so When you put it in in that context, being a pioneer in our day is still a very, very serious affair. Yeah. 
And I think it could be easy to to get on the the whole, I don't know, like, oh, well, we have it harder because, like, look at how hard we have it. Or, like, they have it harder because look at what they had to do. But I think, like, we can't get stuck in that. I think we need to understand that, like, our challenges are different and that, like, the hard things that they are going through are... How do you even... I, th- I think you know it's, what I'm it's, saying. Like, I, I don't I want anyone to think like you just want you like you just want today to be harder because then, or like to like discount the, the experiences of the pioneers because they're not as hard or whatever. Like yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's not like this weird competition. Yeah. it's just like it's just different, and we have to f- figure out what we need to do to apply the principles that the pioneers were applying yeah. to stay strong and keep the faith and all that. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this a little bit. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but I was talking to you a few weeks ago about this question I had of whether or not our bodies are fully capable of like differentiating between intensity of problems or intensity of fear. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, anxiety drive so what creates anxiety in you is it really able to differentiate between severity of anxiety right so assume you're in a in a situation where you are feeling anxiety and you have like a, a wonderfully peaceful easy life and the thought of going and talking to the post office worker gives you anxiety and that's like the scariest thing you do in your life mm-hmm. right that anxiety you feel like is it? I don't even know how to describe this. I, and I like, might, can it feel the same as someone else who's going through a way more quote unquote harder thing or yeah, scarier like, thing? Could it feel the same? Yeah. Like, do, is it just the same capacity? Like, does your body say, "Okay, scary thing, button," and like <laughs> the button releases the the scary juice, the scary the, juice, or the anxiety <laughs> juice, uh, and, and and it's really based off of your own personal experience and how, yeah, how much know. you've gone through and, uh, and and so from a, as far as like a fear perspective is it any different i don't know the answer to that question i've heard people like life coaches and stuff say like the hardest thing for me is just as hard as the hardest thing for you because, and, and, and that, i guess that's kind of what i'm getting at here yeah because like we only know what we know right we only feel what we feel right. and, so. And, and so from a personal perspective it's just as hard to do the hard thing in your life as it is for somebody to do the hard thing in their life. Right. Right. So uh, that that's an interesting thought, but when it gets down to it, I think it it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter whose situation was harder or whose no, situation was great. It doesn't. We can take great lessons from from some people in certain situations and apply them to other situations in our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. We we love that. We we love stories of heroes. We love stories of people who overcome hard things. And then we're able to take examples from their lives and apply them in, in our lives, doing right. our hard things and our and hard things. And isn't that what we're commanded to do in the scriptures? Like liken all these things to ourselves? Oh, that was beautiful. So, well, You're so good. Thank you. You're so good. I love that. <laughs> but, I mean, not that the pioneers are scriptures, but like their stories, we can liken them into ourselves and mm-hmm. learn from them and make ourselves better. Yeah. So, so whether I don't think we need to get caught up in a comparison right. as far as... Uh, as a like a value judgment of whose was harder, or whose was better, or who's doing better, or anything like that, I think we can just simply look at how how they did what they did and why they did what they did, mm-hmm. and figure out how can I apply this to what I'm doing. 
And so, then when we're around the campfire in the next life, we can tease each <laughs> other about, oh, mine was harder, the yours was harder, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I anticipate they will tease us pretty bad. Oh, yeah. They're, like, they're going to be like, you had it so plush. And we're going to be like, you have no idea the mental I, I had to deal with TikTok. And emotional okay? challenges. I had to deal with people yelling at my faith through TikTok. It was hard. Okay. <laughs> you don't have a TikTok. I, I don't have TikTok, but... <laughs> Uh, social media. I'd see people on social media telling me that that you should be ashamed. That Brigham Young was mean, and they're gonna say, "Well, I had to deal with Brigham Young being mean to my face." So, I, actually, I don't think Brigham Young. <laughs> we could go. I on love and on Brigham about Young. The fake conversations we would have with the pioneers. Yes. Um. So, talking about application, then, what is one thing that you could do? You could do personally to, to like. Be oh, a pioneer. Me personally. Not that you have to do anything different than what you're already doing, but like, how are you, how could you apply this to yourself? Oh, this is a great one. I think, I think it's really important for us to not just learn the stories of the pioneers and to be inspired by them, mm-hmm. but to actually apply what we're learning. So I love this question because it goes along with that. I think the level of community is is something that I really loved about the pioneers. There was a strong, deep sense of community, and they they did a great job of combining one of the greatest things about America, which is individualism, self-reliance, kind of a rugged go-getter, we're creating something mentality. And that that's the ideal American, at least it used to be, right? But there's a pitfall of that where you stop focusing on community. And the the pioneers did a great job of combining that ideal with the ideal of community building. So other cultures very heavily emphasize community building, and they really value that. Our culture is generally more of a mixed bag with a much heavier emphasis. When I say our culture, I mean American culture is generally a a much bigger emphasis on or has a much bigger emphasis on individuality and and ruggedness and self-reliance. But the Latter-day Saint pioneers, they were able to combine these two seemingly contradictory ideals. And I love that they were rugged, they were self-reliant they got it done but they were also so focused on community that they were able to thrive in these communities throughout the west so when they were sent to colonize a certain area they always went in a group they always set up a a a town in a very similar fashion that emphasized the need to work together and there was a, a lot of there were a lot of really great stories that come out of that, whether it's the oh, the United Orders that popped up of, of people trying to live a, um, you know, a life in community where everything was held in common. And those, some succeeded more than others, but there was still a strong drive and desire to cooperate together. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally, I think growing up, up until fairly recently, I've much I focused much more on the 
individualistic aspect of pioneers and not of pioneers, but in my own life and in my political philosophy and in my personal philosophy, I focused a lot on being more self-reliant, being more rugged, being more individual. You know, individual. And I'm seeing more and more the value in community building. And I, I want to be better at that, better at helping other people be a part of the community and being willing to, to sacrifice and being willing to allow people to being willing to allow people to help me too, to be a part of the, uh, of the community. Yeah. I like that. So I think that's one of the big things that I want to do. And it is all based on a deep abiding faith in Christ. Right. And so that's like the big thing is that it's not just community for community's sake. It's community for Christ's sake. Nailed it. Boom. So I like that. That's what I want to that's work really on. Cool. And I'm trying to work on that. What, what does that mean? How do, how do you think I can work to build a community or to build community for Christ's sake? Well, we've been talking a lot recently, just the two of us, about mostly me, about how, like, I think you keep calling it the bunker mentality. Uh huh. How, like, as the world gets scarier, I just want to, like, um, like just escape yeah. almost like and scoop like scoop up our family go like to the mountains scoop, I keep saying this like scoop up our family and just like not like I don't want to know anything that's happening in the world I don't want to be on social media I don't want to know anyone I don't want to do anything except be with my family on a farm and know nothing about the world like that's like yeah. sounds like the dream right now <laughs> <laughs> but I have this gut feeling that that's not the right thing to do right. maybe the next and episode we record just ourselves we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. yeah that sounds like a good idea um, and so I definitely see the need to to expand and to to you know that's kind of like the purpose of outpost of heaven right is to make your own family your outpost of heaven and then yeah, circle, circles of influence. Right? Circles is, of influence. Is to yeah. And the outposts and the forts that were built in the West, they were never for one family. Yeah. Right? They were they always were for the community. For the community and, yeah. Right? Yeah. So those were built. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. Because that's not what I want. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll talk about what's more probably next week. Okay. But it is difficult. So I, I think one way that we apply this is. We recognize that we have to sometimes do uh, spend less time with the family, right? We have to. That sounds like such a like a. <gasps> I know he didn't just. Say I that. did. I did say it. Like it means that sometimes we have to say, you know what? I need to go serve this person. I need to go yeah. serve in my calling, mm-hmm. which means that I need to be away from my family for. More time than I otherwise would. At least you don't have to go on a mission without us. Yes, that's true. We don't. So have to. you can serve in your calling. Yes, yes. And we can serve, and you can serve in your calling, and yeah, uh, and we can go do th- other service projects and stuff that we don't particularly enjoy or we're not excited about. Hurricane cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> I actually enjoy hurricane cleanup. Yeah, I, I don't, don't enjoy it because I don't like being you being gone. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. So when you're older, the kids are older. We don't. Yeah. So that'd be fun. But yeah, so I think that. That's one way we can do it is is being okay with with that and recognizing that that's part of being a pioneer. Yeah. Right? Part of being a pioneer is doing stuff that you don't want to do. 
boom, there it is. Yeah. Doing stuff that you don't want to do, but you need to do right. to keep your faith in Christ. Right. Because I don't think and to all... to strengthen others' faith in Christ. Like when the pioneers were called to go do things like colonize the Muddy River Valley in Nevada, that was 120 degrees during the summer and basically got no rain and the only source of water was a muddy river that always tasted like dirt. I don't think that those saints probably always loved the area they were in. They were like, yes, I'm so glad to be in paradise. Right. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> no. that you have to love every aspect of no, it. But I, I think, think that that's what being a pioneer is, is saying, this is something that needs to be done. I recognize that this will the world will be better and the church will be better and the kingdom will be better because of what I'm doing. And that's why I'm doing it. Right? It's like Christ. He did Christ was the ultimate pioneer. He knew that, hey, this whole like suffering for the sins of all mankind and then dying, that kind of sucks, right? Mm-hmm. And he even said, if there is a way that I don't have to do this, Father, please take this cup from me. Yeah. He said, This sucks, but I'm going to persevere and blaze the tra- the path forward so others can follow me and I can help them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna suck it up and I'm gonna deal with it even though I don't want it to happen. Oh my gosh. I just love that. Like Christ was the ultimate pioneer. I love that so much. Yeah. I do too. We have to we have to end it there. Okay, done. Because that I mean there's nothing better. (laughs) There's nothing better. (laughs) What about you? What are you what lessons are you gonna try and apply? So I can I can kind of think of two. So one is like they're they're kind of intertwined though. One is to like raise our family and our kids in the gospel in these crazy times like and then and to teach them and help them keep their faith in Christ and build their faith and gain a testimony and all these things when it's so anti-Christ around them mm-hmm. and then within that is homeschooling like for me that's like one of the newness things of pioneering like I was not homeschooled and I never really knew anyone that was homeschooled very well, and I just don't, like, it's very new. Right. And to me, that's, like, kind of, like, the newness of of the pioneer factor. Yeah. So following a prompting to do something new, right? Yeah. And 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 trying to stick it out, even though, like, we're in our, like, first year, basically, and I'm like, ah! Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> so that's an important thing. Being willing to follow any prompting you receive yeah. and do any, anything that the Lord has called you to do. Right. Because there are so it. many times where I'm like, it would be so much easier to just send them to school. Right. And that's a great but, example. But to like, I feel so strongly that I'm not supposed to. Yeah. So, so there, there's a, I keep referring to the Muddy River Saints, but the there's a great historical fiction, no, historical fiction novel called the Money River, mm-hmm. and it's about the saints who settled the Money River Valley, and it was it's super fascinating. Gives a great insight into what was going on dur- during the that time, and the saints the saints books are also a really great resource for kind of understanding the perspective of Latter Day Saints at the time. But one thing I found really fascinating is there were a lot of saints who were called to serve. In certain missions, and usually when they were called to serve in missions, that meant they were called to colonize certain areas. So they were like colonization missions. Mm-hmm. So they were called there, and they could they could stay, and they knew that they were inspired to be called. Like the call was inspired, and they went there, 
but they could go home. Like they could say, okay, no, I'm done. I'm going back to Salt Lake or I'm going back to Bountiful or wherever they were or they were at before. And then they could stay in the church. They could still be there and still participate, but they chose to not. And I, I don't want to say this and sound judgmental mm-hmm. because I didn't experience it. I don't know what it was like. But if you read about the saints during that time, uh, their perspectives on this, like they chose to not stay until they were released. Mm-hmm. So they went home. But there wasn't like a... I, I don't think that they were terribly wicked or anything like that. They just chose... They basically chose to start acting on a prompting that they received and then to stop acting on it mm-hmm. and start doing the easier thing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. That doesn't mean you're not going to be worthy to go to the temple or you're not going to be worthy to be a, an active member of the church. Um, I do wonder what it does mean and what blessings you are you are denying yourself of and how that affects your children. And I don't know all those details, and that's going to be different for everybody, and it's going to be different for every single blessing that you, or every single prompting that you stop following. Yeah. But uh, how, how, how common is it, or how well, common is it for us to do the same thing, where we get a, a prompting and we start doing it, but then we stop doing it? Like, it doesn't mean that God's never talked to us again. Right. But I also think there are times, not saying that this was the pioneer's experience, I have no idea, but there are times when, like, you can feel like God, God has called you into something, and then kind of like called, called you out. You out. I think this is, I'm talking about something entirely different. Okay. It's not like then we don't need to talk about it. Yeah. That. Like it's not like when you felt prompted to stop doing something. Um, because that, that's following a prompting. I guess right? so. Yeah. So I'm right. saying like when you're, fo- you're following a prompting and then you of your own accord decide to stop following it because it's hard. Okay. Right. That happens to all of us. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. how often do we get a prompting like, okay, you should text somebody or you should call somebody. And then you're like, okay, I'll do that. And then you go and do it. Forget and, oh, it's awkward. Know, or, I don't know. Do this or die. Yeah. And we should do that less and less and less. Hopefully, that's the goal, right? Yeah. It's the point where we're like always, always answering the call. Yeah. But we all struggle with that, like the following through, mm-hmm. and the I, I don't want to judge them because I know that I struggle following every single prompting I get with little things. And I, I haven't been called to go settle, you know, the the muddy river valley mm-hmm. <laughs> or to, you know, engage in plural marriage, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, yeah. I've, I've been asked to do much smaller things and I struggle. And so I don't want to judge Latter-day Saints or, like, I don't want to judge the saints who turn their back or who stopped following those promptings or stopped following, following that priesthood guidance. But we can learn from those saints that stuck it out, right? That never turned their back on, on priesthood guidance or on, on calls from the Lord. Yeah. And we can try and, and stick to it. You know, get that. There was, there's a great line from saints volume two, I believe there was a, no, no, no. This is again from the muddy river. I'm, I'm getting that the book mixed up. So from the muddy river Valley, there was a, a captain, and I believe this is an actual thing. There was a captain of one of the companies that went down to like this southern Utah, Nevada area. And he was Danish and he he liked the phrase stick to it stick to itiveness. Uh, but when he said it, he said sticky to itty. 
Stick-ity-tuity? Or, or something like okay. that. So that, that stick to where you just like, you persevere, you do mm-hmm. it, even when it's hard, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm so sorry. I totally hijacked your answer. No, that's okay. That, that's great. I didn't have anything else to add to it. Oh. Okay. okay, well, we just have to end with the last thing that you said earlier, which was Christ is the ultimate pioneer. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that. I love that. And one of the great things about that image for me is being a pioneer means blazing a trail, making it easier for people to follow you. And we need to be pioneers in our life as well, right? But that doesn't mean that we are going farther than the Savior went, right? So usually when we mm-hmm. say we're being a pioneer, it means like pushing the, the trail farther. But for us, Christ's path is, he is the ultimate trail. He blazed the trail and we're following it. We're following him, yeah. yeah. And so... Our calling in life, ultimately, is to blaze a trail from wherever we're at in the wilderness to the trail that he has created, mm-hmm. and then to help other people blaze their their own trail to the trail that the Lord has created. And hopefully, that their trail can oversect our trail as much as possible, so they don't have to do as much work, and that's... That's the whole goal, right? We want to help people get to Christ, get to the trail that He has blazed. And so our goal is to blaze trails to the trail of Christ. Yes, I love that. Okay. Yeah, that's so great. If you are enjoying Outpost Heaven, the podcast, we'd really appreciate it. If we would super love we it. Would super we love would it. super love it. We would super love it. If you would share this podcast with a friend... Yeah. If you would like our podcast, if you'd leave us a review, or if you would leave us a rating. That's the other word I was looking for. Rating. Rating. <laughs> uh, all those yeah. good things. Tag us on Instagram, and we'll, we'll, we'd love to share you sharing our podcast. All righty, guys. Bye. Good faith.